Now this is a huge idea that every human being has dignity and worth because of Christ. That every human being has dignity and worth is so ingrained in Western civilization that if we said that to any non-believer even, they, they would say, yep, true. In fact, the only dispute that a secular humanist would have is that it was Jesus who gifted the world with this incredibly amazing idea. And I was reflecting on it, and the modern terminology that captures the idea that all human beings have dignity and worth is the concept of human rights, isn't it? The human rights. I looked at the United Nations website, and they have 30 articles that articulate what they consider to be human rights. And this is the first article. All human beings are born free and equal in dignity and rights. They are endowed with reason and consciousness and should act towards one another in the spirit of brotherhood. All human beings are born free and equal in dignity and rights. To which we could say, who said? Who said that? Why is that? How, how is that true? Where did it come from? According to Wikipedia, good old Wikipedia, the concept of human rights resulted from the European Enlightenment of the 17th and 18th centuries when reason and the power of the human mind became accepted as the way forward for humanity. We were going to drive our way to a glorious future through our own reason and intellect. In other words, human rights came from humans. But... If human rights came from humans, then another human being can take it away, can't they? Human laws are merely opinions of groups of people, aren't they? What happens if there's another more powerful group of people that said, well, no, actually, that's not true? Couldn't they just take it away? That's what's happened in the past. So let's see what Tom Holland has to say. Now, Tom Holland, he was a secular humanist. He's an amazing historian. And he got challenged to um, look into his own beliefs, his own values, and, and seek out where they came from. And as far as Article 1 goes, Tom Holland says this, that every human being possessed an equal dignity was not remotely self-evident a truth. A Roman would have laughed at it. So he's, he's an expert in Greek and, and Roman history. And some of these, I mean, there's heaps of examples that he gave, but here's a, here's a couple, or here's three, actually. An ancient Greek would have laughed at it too. Uh, the Spartan people had a eugenics program, so eugenics is a genetic improvement of the race. And they believed uh, that no child showing birth defects was allowed to survive. So off the cliff, the child went. They didn't have a problem with having a big pit on the outskirts of their city reserved for the disposal of human garbage that they considered um, children born with defects were. Roman culture was no better. 
across the Roman world, wailing at the sides of roads or on rubbish tips, according to Tom Holland. Babies abandoned by their parents for a common sight. Others might be drop-down drains there to perish in their hundreds. But of all the practices that went on in ancient Rome, none was more gruesome than crucifixion. Crucifixion was intended to be a gruesome spectacle, the most painful and humiliating death imaginable. It was used to punish slaves, pirates and enemies of the state. It was originally reserved for slaves, but later extended to citizens of the lower classes, humiliores. I think that's where the the, word humiliate comes from. The victims of crucifixion, as we know, were stripped naked and put on public display while they were slowly tortured to death so that they would serve as a spectacle and as an example. If you challenge our might, this will be what happens to you. According to Roman law, if a slave killed his or her master, all of the master's slaves would be crucified as punishment. All of them. Both men and women were crucified. In one horrible case, a Roman senator was murdered by a slave, and some in the Senate tried to stop the mass crucifixion of 400 of his slaves because there were so many women and children amongst them. But in the end, tradition prevailed and they were all crucified. Imagine coming into Rome and there were rows upon rows of men, women and children groaning in agony as they slowly died. It's it's staggering. Staggering to think. It's unimaginable. This was the world to which Christ entered. A world where the powerful had worth and the weak and the slaves had none. Which makes Paul's statement in Philippians 2 all the more remarkable. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave. Being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. How scandalous this must have been to those in the first century. God becoming a slave? How does that work? In every town and every square, statues of Caesar reminded his subjects that to rank as the son of a God was to embody earthly power and greatness. Then along comes Paul telling them that there was only one son of God and he willingly suffered the death of a slave. But this is what that meant. By coming as a slave, God had identified or become one with those who were considered worthless, expendable. And in doing so, shouted to the world that they were precious and valuable. Even slaves were precious and valuable to God. This had caused a tear in the fabric of the ancient world. This was the start of a new order that had come into existence. And that was to have far-reaching implications. The scum of the earth could become a child of God in the same way as emperors, simply by believing in Jesus. It didn't matter whether they were Jew or Greek, male or female, master or slave, all were one in Christ Jesus. And this was a right. John 1. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children that are not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. Is this the first human right? 
I think it is. Where did human rights come from? Where did the concept come from? Right there. He gave them the right. It's a God-given right. That we all have rights. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Slaves having the same rights as emperors. The world had turned upside down. In a world that took for granted the hierarchy of Roman slaves and their owners, Paul insisted that the distinctions between slave and free, now that Christ himself had suffered the death of a slave, were of no more account than between Greek and Jew. What was the logical outcome of this truth? Dignity which had only ever belonged to the powerful and mighty was for all. There was no human existence so wretched, none so despised or vulnerable, that it did not bear image, uh, witness to the image of God. Divine love for the outcast and the derelict demanded that mortals love them too. Isn't that incredible? Can you see the magnitude of what happened? You couldn't crucify your slaves anymore. And eventually the, the, the practice died out in Rome because of this. That slaves had dignity, dignity, that they were made in the image of God just as much as the owners were. What a crazy idea. The idea of imitating the love that God has for the most vulnerable was taken to a new level by Gregory of Nyssa, who lived from 335 to 395 AD. He took Jesus' words in the Gospel of Matthew seriously. Truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And this is what he said. Do not despise these people, the poor, and the abjection. Do not think that they merit no respect. Reflect on who they are and you will understand their dignity. They have taken upon them the person of our Saviour, for he, the compassionate, has given them his own person. They believed that in serving the poorest of the poor, they might encounter Christ. Because Jesus said, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. The more broken men and women were, the more willing was Gregory to see Christ in them. So, what's the lesson from history here? What does history tell us of the origin of human rights? After years of research, Tom, remember he's not a Christian, he's still not a Christian. He said this, Humanism ultimately derives from claims made in the Bible, that humans are made in God's image, and that his son died equally for everyone that there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. That's where humanism comes from. It's crazy, eh? Been told all my life, humanism, no, no. That's that's something, you know, humanity's dreamt up. No, we don't need God anymore. Now come here, here's Tom Holland saying, no, actually, it comes from Jesus. It comes from Christianity. That human beings have rights, that they are born equal, that they are owed sustenance and shelter and refuge from persecution. These were never self-evident truths. And that's why they never existed in the ancient world. So Tom Holland, once a firm believer in liberalism, so again I had to look that up. Liberalism is the belief in the individual liberty of humanity. Um, and he believed that that came from the Enlightenment, as, as we've talked about. 
He recently tweeted this. So essentially what has happened is that I have lost my faith. And my faith was liberalism. I just don't think it has secure foundations at all. That's what Tom Holland tweeted. He realised that the idea of individual human freedom owed its existence to the idea of individual human dignity. And that this in turn came from Christianity. Christ's entry into the world as a baby that we celebrate every Christmas was the start of a revolution so great that we still enjoy its fruits today. And its beliefs are so deeply embedded in Western civilization that we've taken them all for granted. Truly then, it was only when Jesus appeared that the soul felt its worth. And he broke the chains that shackled humanity by making the slave our brother. Isn't that incredible? And isn't it interesting that God uses people like Placide Capot, Adolphe Charles Adams and Tom Holland to communicate his truth. This book, he wrote a book called Dominion. It's creating huge waves. Huge debate. (laughs) Dominion. Tom Holland has given up on the idea that human rights came from humans. He can see that something much greater happened at the first Christmas. But this leads on to a, quite a disturbing question. If human rights don't come from humans, and they actually come from God, what happens if the majority of our civilization stop believing in them? Tom Holland poses a rather unsettling question at the end of his book. If secular humanism derives not from reason or from science, but from the distinctive course of Christianity evolution, a course that, in the opinion of growing numbers of, in Europe and America, has left God dead, then how are its values anything more than a shadow of a corpse? <coughs> in other words, if Christianity is the foundation of all that we enjoy in the West, what will happen to our society when we reject the source of our values? I've been pondering this question. And I think we would expect to see a return to the idea that certain classes of people don't have rights. Wouldn't we? Just like the ancient world. The ancient world didn't believe that slaves had any rights. So we would expect to see a regression to the idea that certain groups of people are expendable. And isn't that exactly what we have seen? 50 years ago, the West decided that human rights were restricted to those humans who had been born. It didn't apply to those still in the womb. So the unborn are a group of people that are now expendable, aren't they? And this idea is slowly spreading. Seems to me that the recent euthanasia bill will push into areas far beyond the terminally ill and suffering great pain. Australian-born philosopher Peter Singer believes that it is morally permissible to euthanise newborn children with severe disabilities, much like the Spartans. We're seeing a regression to what happened to to what the world was like before Christ came. Perhaps Christians will become expendable one day, as they were in the first three centuries. However, Despite the fact that we might be living in the twilight of Western civilization, 
we can rest assured that God has turned humanity around once and he will do it again. As the West descends into sin and error, but not pining anymore, we can rest in the knowledge that one day Jesus will return and all will know beyond all doubt that there are no classes of people that are expendable to God. So this Christmas, as you enjoy your fine wine, as you enjoy your wonderful food, as you enjoy the freedom to drive around on roads that have been prepared beautifully, all these gifts that we've been given to enjoy, Tom Holland traces them all to the birth of Christ. Isn't that incredible? Truly it was an earth-shattering event. A great tear was torn in the ancient world and the world turned upside down. And let us rejoice in the idea that the coming of Jesus into the world gifted every one of us a dignity that we can still rejoice in. Despite how much we've taken it for granted. And he set in motion a chain of events that led to the rise of Western civilization, the freedoms of which we still enjoy today. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for showing to us just how great an impact your birth had on the world. Thank you, Lord, for all the gifts that we take for granted. (coughs) Lord, you were the original giver. It was you who set the events in motion that led to the rise of a civilization of which we are now blessed to be a part of. Lord, we thank you for your birth. We thank you for what it meant, for what it did to the world. Thank you, Lord, that you gave every one of us every human being, dignity and worth. Lord, may we never lose sight of that, Lord, when we see others, when we are tempted to deny their dignity and worth. Lord, let us remember what your coming meant, what your death meant. Let every human being, no matter what they look like, no matter where they're born, no matter what they're grappling with, no matter how broken they are, they all have dignity. And they are all precious in your sight. Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful news. In Jesus' name. Amen.